Jason, along with Chris. Yo. So, after we're just watching a, a wild uh, game between the Blues and the Hawks. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was playoff hockey right there. Yeah, very uh, in- another interesting third period for the Blues uh, against the Hawks. Last time they played the Hawks at home, they were down three nothing. Remember, in early December, uh, they mm-hmm. came back a one four to three in that game. So another uh, game where they were they were down three to two, made it four to three very quickly. We'll talk about that, and then they won the game six to five for their fifth in a row. So we'll take that. Uh, uh, another uh, little win streak there after having quite a few games of uh, you know not doing well. But like I said, I think it looks like the, the Blues have got the groove back. Um, after uh, being in a, in a malaise for quite some time there? Uh, I would say so. Yeah, so we had a ton of stuff because, you know, we were a little, you know, a couple more days longer than we normally do here. But we're a little, so a ton of news is just like a waves of stuff has happened. You know, obviously we talked about the Jay Bomeister incident that mm-hmm. uh, happened last time. Um, the little follow-up from his is that he did have basically – a pacemaker-type device put in. Uh, I think it was a day yeah, after Yeah, what he has is exactly what my dad has now. Um, yes. my, which is what's funny is I basically, when it happened, I got my dad, and I was like, hey, look, you and a, you and an NHL player now have the same thing, is they installed what is called a uh, defibrillator pacemaker, which its job is obviously to keep the heart at a steady beat, but it also has the ability to shock the heart back into a regular heartbeat uh, if it gets out uh, or if it would stop. Um, It's not obviously the same um, intensity as, say, the paddles or the the devices that they use on the bench in Anaheim, but it's something that um, can help keep you from going into full cardiac arrest, uh, which is what it appears exactly happened with, with Jay. Yeah, and so which we will talk about that. A press conference has been called for uh, the 26th of February, uh, where Armstrong and Bowmeister will talk about who knows what. Uh, probably just uh, you know, I mean, you to everybody. I mean, we pretty much I mean a very decent idea that you know, that he's probably not going to play anymore because obviously getting hit in the chest or getting physical contact in the chest might set that off or knock your heart out of rhythm, and who knows what could happen. Yeah. I, I, if I was the manager, I'd say that tomorrow's press conference is going to be Jay announcing his retirement. And you know what? Good for him, man. As we talked about in the last show, like, the guy has won everything that there is to win in the game of hockey. Uh, he is one of a handful of people to, uh, what's it called, win the uh, quadruple crown or whatever it is, which is a Stanley Cup, a gold medal, a world junior and a world cup of hockey, I believe are the four. Yes. I mean, um, that's what he's won. So yeah, he's won virtually so, every, he's won it all. 
officially. Yeah, there, there's, you know, at some point when you are a professional athlete, and it's hard to walk away from the game. For many athletes, they've been playing competitively since they were, you know, four, five, six years old. That's all they know. Um, but in the case of Jay, he seems like a guy who's got a good head on his shoulders. Uh, he's got, I believe, two small children, at least one small child. Two. Yeah, um, two. Two girls. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, go enjoy life, man. You know, obviously, and I can tell you from experience with dad, uh, Jay Bobby, sir, is now a heart patient. So I will tell you right now that his life changes a ton just in the things that he has to do because he's a heart patient. You know, there's a, there is a litany of things that he can't eat. There's a bunch of things that he has to do and has to avoid now just in the ins and outs of everyday life. So, you know, focus on keeping yourself healthy and being a dad and being a husband and, you know, call it a career, man. You have the Ironman streak. You have every trophy that you could imagine. It's been a good career. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to hear that tomorrow. So we're getting to a ton of blues news, which we have. We got the trade deadline to talk about. A crazy mm-hmm. situation happened against the when the Toronto Maple Leafs visited or had the Carolina Hurricanes visit the Toronto Maple Leafs. A very interesting thing happened there. Uh, yes. A very historic thing, actually. Um, that's getting a lot of national uh, attention. Uh, the, like I said, the Blues actually made a trade before the deadline. Uh, the trade doesn't happen. There's a, there's a record amount of trades. The Blues are on a streak. The Blues get another outdoor game, which we'll talk about. So, like I said, we have a ton of stuff to go over. Uh, so, so stick around. We got a much more today on the Blues Hockey Podcast. So, first off, we are going to go over games, and this time around, a lot of positives to talk about. Um, Indeed, the last one came you. There was five games, and those and all those five games have been wins officially. Um, seems like Biddington has kind of gotten his groove back. Uh, he's back uh, playing kind of like we saw him last year. The team is about doing the same. Um, <clears throat> so, again, next first game that we're going to kind of go over is the Blues play the New Jersey Devils at home. Uh, it's Rizzuto night at the uh, Enterprise Center. Uh, the Blues. Which is fitting since they're playing New Jersey. Yeah, which, which actually worked out. Um, and this one is one of those games where, man, New Jersey's in the midst of, like, trying to get rebuilt, and there's a lot of guys speculated for trade deadline stuff. Uh, and then they lost four games in a row going into this, and you can kind of tell that's how it was. The Blues pretty much controlled this game for most of it. I mean, Bennington only had to make 17 saves to get the shutout. The Blues had goals from uh, Barbashev had the first one. And I'm trying to think of save-wise, the 17 saves. I don't think there was one that sticks out to me. That it was, was like, a very, very pedestrian game from a defensive standpoint. Um, and the Blues dominated. Blues made, it, made it a boring, Blues boring game, which we, we yeah. are accustomed to, which is okay. I'm all right with uh, that. Barbershed have two. Yeah, Barbershed have two. Schwartz, <coughs> who I think had his best game in quite some time. He's kind of unlucky here, and he finally got a goal, his 19th. Barbershed has eighth and ninth. Um, like a lot of these games, like we said, um, we're going to say they're like, I don't know, like to an average hockey fan compared to tonight's, like tonight's game was exciting back and forth. You didn't know who's going to win the game. And a couple of these games were pretty uh, boring, even though the score uh, 
kind of makes it seem, you know, not really that. Uh, three nothing for the Blues against New Jersey. So a really great game there. Uh, to get back into the swing of things, Bennington gets the second shutout of the uh, year. Next game is against the Phoenix Coyotes, who played in Dallas the night before, uh, lost late in the game there. Uh, O'Reilly gets a goal here uh, in the third period, and the Blues wind up taking this one to nothing against Arizona. So the back-to-back shutouts, uh, even though it's only a one-goal game here, the Blues, I mean, Anti Ranta like played amazing during this game. Yes, he did. And I, you know, I don't know if you saw the end of the game, but when Ranta skated off the bench, he just had this general body body language of man, f my team. Yeah, because he deserved to win that game. Um, he was the second star of the night, so the shot breakdown. And once again, the Blues played another very defense first game. So here's the shots for Arizona by period. Eight, four, and two for a total of 14 yeah. shots. So the Blues have left a total of 31 shots in two games for back-to-back shutouts. And here are the Blues shot totals just for the Phoenix game. Nine, 19, and 18 for a total of 46. So 45 mm-hmm. save uh, game by Anti Ranta. And, um, yeah, he's had a very good record. He has he is four one and two with under two goals goals against against the Blues lifetime. So he's had a very good success against the Blues. So this is a yes, a goalie that a goalie that is really you know, always played well no matter what team he's been on. He was in a if you remember, I believe he was in net I think it was him who was in net when Terrasingo scored that goal where he danced around the whole team. Yeah, and he did the he did the Forsberg. I believe he was mm-hmm. the goal sender that was in that game. That was his only loss. I believe it's the last. If I have if I have, if I have that back out of my notes, that's the only loss he's had. So the game that worried me in this whole coming up thing was this game coming up. It was in Dallas the next night after. No, playing, you better believe it. Playing Arizona, so you're playing Arizona. You have the back to back shutout, and you know you don't know how it's going to go. Jake Allen is going to get this game, which is pretty interesting. Um, not interesting, but, you know, I kind of figured he'd, I thought it would be the other way around. I thought he would look at me. I, I did, too, to be honest. Yeah. So they, you know, this team seems to lean heavily on Jake Allen on, on road games, though. Yeah, which is – he seems to really play better, which is very odd, but, you know, whatever works, man. Um <laughs> So the Dallas Stars are playing are wearing their uh, Winter Classic jerseys. STDers, STDers, uh, which they're okay. Like I, I don't know. Just let's just be honest. Both of this year's Winter Classic jerseys were terrible, just awful. Nashville and Dallas both were total, in my opinion, total failures of jerseys. Okay, so. The Blues uh, start out well. Alexander Steen gets a goal about six minutes in. And before the end of the period, David Prawn breaks a nine-goal, uh, nine-game goal drought with his 24th. So the Blues um, jump out to a 2 nothing lead. And then this goal was uh, pretty great. Jordan Cairo from Robert Thomas. I think we're going to be hearing that for quite a few, quite a while now. Boy, Jordan Cairo so. looks like he is starting to figure it out. As he's been very noticeable the last, uh, I would say, six to seven games. 
I think he's starting to kind of get it. He had that talk with Brube during the losing streak on how, like, I think pretty much said, like, listen, we're going to keep you up here, but you're not going to play unless you start doing the right things. Mind you, I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but it kind of seems like that's probably kind of what a lot of the pundits said on Twitter and stuff and what some of the writers said. And it seems that Jordan Tyra took it to heart, and he's playing really well. His third of the year, this one was kind of like a feed from uh, Robert Thomas and puts him on like a one-on-one situation with, uh, uh, I think it was Oleski was in the back. And he just, his little deacon beats him and takes a shot and beats uh, Ben Bishop. And Bishop is uh, routed here because Jaden Schwartz gets a goal shortly after from Ryan O'Reilly for his 20th. So Schwartz gets a couple of uh, goals this week, which is good to see him kind of start rolling. And that's four goals on 10 shots there. And Ben Bishop is uh, promptly outlisted from the game. Uh, Colton Preco gets in on it and doing what he does best and scoring a big uh, shot from the point after a feed from Schwartz, his seventh of the year. Unfortunately, the Blues cannot continue the shutout streak off of, let's eh, say, questionable goal from Olesi uh, Azeleski, but I know that's probably right. His third of the year from Ben at the 16:27 mark. Basically a weak shot from the point, and Allen just didn't see it, basically. Um, so the Blues shutout streak ends at 178 minutes and 38 seconds, which is now the longest run. streak in NHL this season. So we'll take that. And the Blues... Just for once, it's nice to have a game where you're just you have you're in cruise mode and you don't have to kind of be on the edge of your seat. So we're in five to one, put a little distance between themselves and Dallas, which is good to see. I was not expecting this game to be as easy as it was. I'm with you. I I kept looking at this game on the schedule and going, oh boy, especially because it was in Dallas. And if memory serves, up until this game, the home team had won every game that series. I think you're right. So it's and it seems also that uh, it's just one of those things where just the way the schedule was you just kinda like you look at the schedule and you like no matter who the team is, sometimes when you have these back to back games after having a ton of games in a row, you kinda just put mm-hmm. an automatic L on there, you're like, All right, well, if they lose this game you really can't be pissed because they've probably been playing, you know, had a ton of games in a row. So you kinda figure that's it's on the right. road, right after you played at home. But it continues. So, the day before the trade deadline, the Blues play the Minnesota Wild. Uh, it's the Hockey Day in America. It's one of the many games. They just uh, had games going from noon till almost midnight, basically, St. Louis time. But uh, once again, Jordan Kyrou. Talk about Jordan Kyrou, another great goal. His fourth of the year. Uh, from the newest blue, Marco Scandella, which we'll talk about that acquisition in a second here. But uh, Braden Chen gets a uh, shot that goes over Deb Dunick's glove, his 21st of the year. Um, a weird goal here. Once again, two weird goals that happen in back-to-back games. Marcus uh, Vogliano, a puck that basically popped up and just kind of rolled down the back of Bennington and hit his leg yeah. and then rolled into the net. And he didn't even really know where it was at. So... Yeah, a fluky goal, to say the least. So are we finished. Yeah, you know, it, it was. Go ahead. It, it was one that was a little goofy. Uh, I I remember listening to this game, and they weren't sure at first if they were going to count the goal because there was a uh, question on if Bennington was pushed into the net. Um, and also, high stand. 
Correct. Yeah, and it was also a high stick as well. So both both things did not happen in the stands. But luckily, Oscar Sunquist steals the puck about uh, eight minutes later at the 928 mark for his 12th of the year unassisted. And right when there was a little push from Minnesota, and then we could take another too many men. Mind you, we took two too many men penalties in the third period within five minutes. My head hurt. My head literally hurt when that happened. But apparently, it reminded me of the undisciplined Blues under uh, under uh, Thomas Payne. Yeah, Uh, Davis Payne. Davis Payne. Yeah, sorry. Okay, you're fine. And but Ivan Barbashev proves me wrong and gets a shorthanded goal off a nice decent Sunquist at the five minute mark, and the Blues wrap this one four to one to win their fourth in a row. And a game that some of you might have just finished watching, and the Blues uh, just finished. The Blues played the Chicago Blackhawks at home, a very <coughs> back and forth game, a lot to a ton to go back and on, but. The third period was insane. The Blues are down 3-2, to two, quickly tied it by goals in 16 seconds apart from O'Reilly and Sanford. Sanford with a nice toe-drag move in the slot for a really uh, nice-looking goal. And you can thank mm-hmm. me for that because I, I, I dropped him for my fantasy team today. So Perfect. that's why he scored two goals because the same thing happened. I traded Colton Pareko in my one league, and then he had two goals and an assist that game after I traded him. So you're welcome, uh, Blues fans. Uh so, unfortunately, Chicago strikes back very quickly and gets a goal to tie it at four. The Blues pull ahead off another goal to make it five to four. Then, unfortunately, they take another penalty. The power play was – the post penalty kill was not great this game. Uh, there'll be four power play goals against in this game out of the five. So, the Blues can stay out of the box. This game might not have been as interesting as uh, it turned out to be. Another tie game, five to five. But the Blues luckily get uh, one of the calls after hooking call on Robert Thomas, uh, not against. Um, I think it was Kirby Doc took the penalty against Robert Thomas. Uh, Zach Sanford gets his second power play goal off a scramble, and that holds up amazingly after a crazy third period. Three, uh, four goals by the Blues in the third period once again against Chicago, which happened last time. So they repeat that feat once again. And they take this game at six to five to win their fifth in a row to get 84 points on the season and pull ahead of Colorado and Dallas uh, to give them a little bit more of a cushion. Now they have five point cushion again. Starting to get a little bit of a cushion there, which is nice. Colorado has some injury issues with their goaltending. So we'll see what happens mm-hmm. there. So, uh, and Dallas, uh, beat the brakes off of Carolina tonight, unfortunately. One good night. Yeah, so it's four to one last time I saw. So, any any other uh, any other thoughts on the Blues games this week? I think that uh, it was important not just to see the Blues win a couple of these games, but win them in decisive fashion uh, and see the defense come back. You know, we, you you talked about the shot totals in some of these games for the opponents, and that's very reminiscent of this Blues team last year during the playoffs when they would just shut it down and uh, and limit teams to one or two or three shots in an entire period. And, you know, that's what we want to see this time of year. We want to see this team getting back to that playoff form. Tonight's game was sloppy, man. You know, this is a team that you're, I believe, more than 15 points clear of in the standings. 
they had they didn't have a fire sale yesterday, but they they made a lot of trades and and got rid of uh, some key people. And yeah. um, at Probably one point you're down in that game. Been their goalie, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and at one point in this game you're down three to one, and then uh, at, at two other points in this game you couldn't hold on to a lead, and, and and that's a problem. You know, you gave up three power play goals against the Chicago team, which look, man, I get it. Patrick Kane and uh, and Taze and those guys are are still formidable offensively, but you let Duncan Keith look like the Duncan Keith of 2013, not the Duncan Keith of 2020. And um, and that's going to be a problem. You know, you, I understand this is a Chicago team, and we've always said that when Chicago and St. Louis gets together, uh, throw the records out. Um, but this is only the fourth time that these teams have met this year. So the familiarity this season is not that high. Um, and, and to be quite honest, this is a this is a game that, if not for Corey Crawford, could have easily have been uh, seven or eight to five. Um, it's nice to see the Blues score six. You should score six against this team. Uh, it is worrisome for me that this team gave up five goals against the Chicago team. Yeah, I would like them to but above and beyond that, a little bit. But above and beyond that, man, a win is a win. You've got the two points. You're on a five-game winning streak. Uh, these are all first-world problems to complain about. We still won the game, and at the end of the day, they don't all need to be pretty. You're going to win some ugly games. Just keep second points up. Yep, and they got some interesting games this week. They got the Islanders coming to town on Thursday, and then they got another throwback matchup. Night. Their third of the third of the month. Yeah, throwback night. Be retro night that night. Uh, so it'll be a retro jersey again. And then on Saturday, they are at home once again against Dallas. So the third time they played Dallas this month. So and so Dallas That game is going to be interesting. Yeah, so the Blues are gonna be need a huge uh, game there to get some points. To keep piling up points going into March because in March it, the schedule is very compact. Uh the Blues have their game rescheduled against uh the Anaheim uh Ducks is rescheduled for March eleventh. Uh, they also move uh, their uh, game against Florida back day as well. So it got even more compact now. So uh, you're going to have a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, but you do have some reinforcements coming in, which we'll talk about. One was one is coming via trade, and one is coming back from injury. <coughs> Excuse me. So Marco Scandella, uh, formerly of the Minnesota Wild, played with Buffalo this year. Also was with the Canadians as well when the Blues acquired him for a second round pick and a conditional fourth round pick. Interestingly, Marco Scandella was acquired about 20 days ago from from uh, a little more than that, about two months ago from uh, Buffalo. From let's start over. He got to the Canadians from Buffalo for a fourth round pick only, and then the Blues traded a second and a fourth. And a lot of people were not happy about that. And I think the thing that people don't realize is is that Montreal is also eating half its salary this year, two out of Correct. four million dollars. So that's part of the reason why the draft pick is so high. I think if it was yes. just for Marcus Candela, maybe it was just the fourth. And but the Blues wouldn't have that salary cap flexibility, especially with Bo Meester on long term IR. And as we found mm-hmm. out, the Blues didn't make any more trades here because they knew Vladimir Tarasenko was coming back sooner than later. Um, he's been accompanying the Blues on some 
their trips recently. Uh, according to Armstrong, the uh, uh, couple of different radio interviews he's done, uh, he is definitely not in on this homestand or the next road trip. Uh, but he didn't say anything after that. So we know he's out those next two. So at least in two more weeks, we're not going to see Vladimir Tarasenko. So the original target date was March 29th. Um, I bet you $5 we see him before then. I would agree. So the Blues doing a couple of different things here. So other news from the Blues. So I guess let's do the big one now. So instead of talking about all the call-ups and stuff like that, like Nicola got sent down with the acquisition of Scandella, and obviously Bo Meester is on long-term IR, obviously. So while the Blues played the Minnesota Wild on Sunday, and the, the, all of a sudden there was a, during the first intermission broadcast, I believe, first intermission NBC, they said a big announcement coming up. And I immediately started texting everybody. I said, I'm guessing it's going to be – it's not going to be a trade. Because, obviously, there was a trade happened during the broad, during the intermission, which was uh, Kovalchuk went to the Washington Capitals from uh, Montreal. But so everybody thought there might have been something else going on. But the big news is, which was been – we kind of speculated back way back in December when we kind of heard some – we, we kind of heard the initial rumors about it being not where – at Lambeau Field, but it's at Target Field. The St. Louis Blues will be traveling to Minnesota on January 1st, 2021, to play in their second Winter Classic game against the Minnesota Wild. You know, you said something at the start of the season, and I think this continues this uh, era, is that we are truly living in the golden age of Blues hockey. If you go back to the 50th anniversary year of this team, and the Blues got awarded the Winter Classic at Bush Stadium. And then, you know, two years later, the Blues win a Stanley Cup. And this year, the Blues get to host the All-Star Game. And now we're going to be in another Winter Classic. Um, the Blues are riding high on the horse in the, in the world of the NHL. They are bringing national audiences. They're bringing... Uh, ratings, not just in St. Louis, not just in the Midwest, um, but you're seeing that in the amount of national games this team is getting and now the, the national showcases that this team is getting. And um, it's a good look, man. I will tell you, as someone who has spent many, many a day in Minneapolis, uh, two things about this game. One, it is going to be the coldest place you have ever been in your entire life when you go to that game, if you go. It is so cold in Minnesota that I can't even begin to tell you how many layers you're going to need, and it's still not going to help. Uh, number two, I am immensely happy for the state of Minnesota and the city of Minneapolis-St. Paul to, to see them get a Winter Classic. If you're a hockey fan, you owe it to yourself at some point in time, be it this Winter Classic or whenever, go to a game in Minnesota. That city, I'm sorry, that state, but Minneapolis, for this argument, breathes hockey. You know, they always talk about the state of hockey, the state of hockey. It's true. The way that St. Louis is with youth soccer and all the soccer parks and all the soccer programs, 
that's the way this entire state is when it comes to hockey. Um, kids are born with hockey sticks on their hands and skates on their feet, and they just play from the time they're born. And it's going to be such an amazing atmosphere to be in Minneapolis on New Year's Day for a winter class. Remember, this is a, this is a city that's had a stadium series, what, two or three years ago against Chicago? Uh, two years ago. Yeah, two years against Chicago, yep. Um, but this is a whole different animal, man. Like, the Winter Classic is the Winter Classic. And it's going to be such an amazing atmosphere. And I know that Minneapolis is going to do this right. I know they will. And it's going to be top-notch all the way. If you have ever gone to a Winter Classic, you know that it's not really about seeing the game because the sight lines suck. It's about the whole atmosphere of what's going on around you, the circus of the Winter Classic. Um, this is going to blow them all away, in my opinion. This is going to be the one to be at um, if it wasn't going to be in St. Louis. I've been lucky enough to go to three. I think I want to go to this one. We'll see how I feel as we get closer. Um, but, man, it's just – it's a great city. It's a great state. Phenomenal fans. I hope the team is competitive. I do. Because right now I got a feeling that that game is going to be a ass-whooping by the Blues on the Wild. Um, but we've got, a, we've got almost a year, man. You know, a lot can change in a year. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited that the Blues are back in the Winter Classic, and I'm excited that they're playing the, the Minnesota Wild in Minnesota. Yeah, it should be a fun one. So the old Norris Division rivalry. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they don't own the rights, but, man, I would love it to be see them in, like, some kind of North Stars jersey. I mean, I know they don't own the they rights. They wore them during the alumni game in the stadium series. I remember that, so I don't know if they could pull it off the actual game. It'd be great if they could somehow, or some version of it. I don't know how that would work with the NHL, because wouldn't Dallas technically own those uniforms? Yeah, I don't know how it would work. I would love it to, I love it to see it, though, because this bring back. And I'm just curious on what kind of Blues jersey it'd be. I'm guessing early, the jersey before the uh, clown jerseys. Is my guess. Uh, something something the like that. Late eighties, early nineties one. Yeah, not the one that says the word blues on it, but just like the one before the right. You know, the one after that, yeah. I, I could see yeah. that. I would love that. Um, I've seen some people say that they should do the one that said blues on it, and to me, that's the most atrocious blues jersey of all time. Mm-hmm. I would be cool with one of two, one of three things. To be honest, number one, do the white version of the clown jersey. Yep. Number two, do the actual uh, trumpet jersey that was never worn before. Or three, something brand new. Yeah, I would be new. I'm, I'm thinking some kind of vari- variation of like the like I think the early '90s, late '80s, early '90s one, something like that. But maybe like a version of that, where it's not the exact replica, yeah. but something similar to it. I wouldn't mind seeing a white version of the old navy blue with the circle crest. Yeah, they can pull something like that off would be interesting. But, yeah, but they, uh, I know Stillman was, like, not a fan of that jersey since that was, like, what's-his-name, check-it's-like-design type thing. 
Sure. So, I, but, I, again, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad if they went with something completely new either. Like I, I really wouldn't be. You know, you look at look at teams like Detroit, look at teams like Chicago that have been in so many games. They're try, they're having to make crap up at this point. Um, I, I, as long as they don't come out horrible looking like the Avalanche and the LA Kings from the stadium series this year, which looked yeah. like something out of rollerball. Um, I'd be all right with something new and, you know, I don't want to use the word futuristic because then we start getting into like the NHL all-star motocross jerseys, but yeah. I, I would be okay with something we haven't seen before as long as they do it right. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what they can uh, do there. So that's kind of cool that they get another winter classic game. And uh I was talking to another one of my friends is, and I was like, now I know how Chicago fans were a handful of years ago when they got like everything right. in a row. And it, when it was, I mean, mind you, it's because obviously the team is very successful. Obviously the Blues are obviously hot property right now. You know, defending Stanley Cup champions consistently been winning games and going deep into the playoffs for the last four to for the last four to five years. You know, like we talked about, in the last five years, we've had such an amazing, you know, hockey scene here. We've had, you know, they had a big pitch. Remember they had a big pitch for the Heartland of Hockey for they get to World Juniors here, mm-hmm. and they said how great it was. And that pitch is what led the Blues to get the Winter Classic. And the Blues get the Winter Classic. And the Winter Classic basically spurs the team to get upgrades to the building. The building gets upgraded. That gives us the all-star game. You know, the Blues, you know, in the meantime, go to the conference finals during that time. You know, and then the Blues win the Stanley Cup. And then now we have this happen, you mm-hmm. know, mixed in with the all-star game. And it's just so much stuff that just happened. It's like, you know, as I said before, it's, it's a time where I tell my daughter where it's like, it always wasn't like this. <laughs> like, you no, know, like there was, no, a lot of, there was a lot of heartache for many a years. And, you know, me being 37, not being around for all of it. Obviously, there's been right. over 50 years of it. So just enjoy it. I mean, it's one of those things where when the Blues were leaving, losing games, had this little losing streak. I wasn't even super upset. It was one of those things where I'm like, they'll turn it around, I hope. If they don't, mm-hmm. I'm going to – I might start to get upset, but I'm not sure. It is one of those things where winning kind of changes your attitude about everything. It's very interesting it does. how that does to your psyche. Um, but anyway, Blues are in the Winter Classic. I've never been to a game outside of St. Louis. I'm very tempted to make this my first because I know, like you said, I know it's going to be so cold. I'm not going to be able to feel oh, it's 95, so 95% of my body. But like mm-hmm. you said, it's definitely going to the one St. Louis. is definitely an atmosphere thing. Uh, yep. I would just be curious to the atmosphere in a place like that, where you said Minnesota will do it right. Oh, they'll do it top notch. Yeah, so that's why the other reason why I kind of want to go, because I know, like, I'm not saying that St. Louis didn't do it right, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. I just know when they're going to do just just as a good job as St. Louis did. Because, I mean, we went to the Winter Classic. It was an amazing scene. Like you said, the sight lines aren't the greatest, but – being there and kind of like being in the crowd mm-hmm. and kind of like it's cool, taking everything cool in. Yeah. <clears throat> Correct. Yeah. That's, that's more of what you're there for. So. Yep. Yeah. So 
a lot of blues news this week, so we let's, we got through most of it there. We're going to go into some NHL news before we wrap things up here, and the big one is the trade deadline happened. Uh, the Blues didn't make any moves. Uh, that's because Chris Kreider signed with uh, re-signed with the New York Rangers for seven years. Armstrong even said during his uh, um, press conference today, which is the 25th, said that they pivoted off of Kreider because they got good news on Tarasenko. So that means they were in on Kreider for sure, and that's the only name he really mentioned during the thing. He didn't say anybody else that they were in on. Uh, the other interesting note before we move on is actually he said that he has not talked to Alex Petrangelo or his representatives this season about a new contract. Does that Does that worry you at all? That concerns me a little bit. I won't lie. And do you think it's going to be like? Because remember, back did the same thing. He didn't want to talk. But he made a point like, if we don't get one done by training camp, I don't want to talk to one until after the season's over. So, do you think that, you know, after the season's over, do you think? I think they can. I still think they can hammer it out. I still think the Blues had one game where, and obviously the game, the Dallas game, where Petrangelo wasn't in the lineup, and of course they won five to one. Um. But I still think it's one of those things where he's your best defenseman. Justin Falk has has played literally the worst hockey of his career, so don't you go up from here. But it also concerns me that I would like to have Petrangelo, who is, you know, arguably a top five defenseman in the league right now. That's a big loss to your team. And also, once again, the Cavs. I don't disagree. Which I think the interesting um, thing you pointed out, what was the thing you pointed out on the Winter Classic thing, what was the thing you pointed out when I posted about the Winter Classic? Well, if you remember, the original artwork for the Winter Classic at Bush Stadium was um, Jonathan Taze and David Backus face-to-face. And they had to change that because as the next season opened, David Backus was no longer a St. Louis Blue. So you look at the first artwork for the Winter Classic, and I haven't seen one yet for the matchup. It's the only one I've seen is the one that shows the whole Blues team skating down, you know, the middle of Minneapolis-St. Paul. But front and center in that picture is Alex Petrangelo. So will the NHL have to do the same thing again because of the same problem with the same team, which is, do we lose our captain in the offseason? Yeah, that'd be really um, interesting, uh, too. You know, I, here's my thoughts on the Petro situation. Depending on how lit, uh, how deep into the playoffs this team goes, I think at some point, whether or not you are involving Alex directly in these conversations, Armstrong has to get the ball rolling with the agent. Because if you think about last season, the Blues won the Stanley Cup on June 12th. That gives you a little over two weeks before free agency. And I got to think that this is not going to be a quick process. It's not going to be a Doug Armstrong going, what does he want, and write the check. Because the Blues don't have a ton of money right now. The Blues are going to have to move some parts. And signing Petro is is going to mean a raise. I do think he would give a hometown discount, but not a big one. Um, So if if they decide they're going to sign Petro, 
pieces are going to have to be moved. And that's, that's a lot of work to do in a small window if this team goes, you know, let's say back to the Stanley Cup final. So I think at some point between now and the start of the playoffs, I think Armstrong has to at least reach out to Petro's agent and say, what's the starting point? What's the number? And at least start getting ducks in a row. Because if not, I, I greatly fear that he hits the free agent market. And if he hits the free agent market, there are teams that will be able to pay him more than the Blues can. And then yeah, it comes down sure. to what does Petro want? Does he want to stay in St. Louis, be a lifer, or does he want to go chase the money? He's already won his cup. Yep, so at this point, it's a matter of, uh, you know, obviously his wife's in St. Louis, so who knows if that will hopefully all play a factor. Uh, but you never know. So who knows if uh, he'll stick around. So I, I like I said, I'm with you. I'm a little concerned, but I feel that they have plenty of time, and Armstrong surprised me so many times now. I you never know nowadays. Like I never thought, you know. I have faith that it would, it, it, So let's also let's let's also say that just because Doug Armstrong says I haven't had a talk with Petro or his agent doesn't necessarily mean that he really hasn't had a talk with Petro or his agent. Yeah. And he also said uh, the other comment he made is like, but it just takes one phone call to get things right. done. So like I said, he could easily call and be like, Hey, we'll sign for this or like, Hey, can you get to this? And then he can be like, yeah, sure. And then done. So right. it could easily be a lot of different things. So <laughs> not else from much of his uh, press conference today, a lot of Tarasenko talk, trade deadline talk, and then the Petro thing was a little nugget that was thrown in at the end. So, Blues stand pat during this day, but many other teams didn't. Uh, a lot of Central teams pretty much made minor moves. It wasn't really a big move by the Central teams this time. Uh, There's a big rumor trade. Was uh, Zach Parisi possibly getting traded to the Islanders? Uh, never came to fruition. Apparently, he did waive his no-trade clause. But uh, that did not happen, which I thought that was almost even one of the most untradeable contracts out there. But apparently, uh, he almost got moved. But I'm just going to highlight some of the bigger moves through this because there's a record 32 trades done in one day. Mm-hmm. So a lot of minor trades, but uh, we'll focus on the one that was done before the trade deadline, which was done on the 21st, evolving, which we just talked about, a former Blues captain. The Boston Brewers acquired Andre Case from the Anaheim Ducks for forward David Backus, defenseman Alex Anderson, and a first-round pick in the 2020 entry draft. So Backus, also there's also some money withheld there, but Backus goes to Anaheim, and first, so he waives no-trade contract uh, clause to go to Anaheim to uh, – he, he, as you said, he wants to be an NHL player again. So that was pretty much his thought, and hopefully he can rebuild his value in the one year he has left his deal. Um so I guess good for David Backus. He gets to resume his career after not skating for a while. Trying to figure out his uh, uh, future. And let's be honest, there are worse places to be in than Southern California. Correct. Uh, a couple of interesting uh, – I think the biggest central move was done by the Colorado Avalanche. They acquired 
uh, Vladislav Nemstakinov from the Ottawa Senators, formerly he was on New York Rangers for a while, also in Tampa, I believe. Kurtz is a fourth-round pick. Uh, so that's probably the biggest move I can honestly say. Cody Eakin was acquired by the Jets, but nothing really big mm-hmm. for the, any central teams. So that was very interesting. Um, so we let's see. Uh, the big uh, the rumor trade for a while, J.G. Uh, Peugeot goes to the Islanders and immediately signs a contract there. So uh, mm-hmm. Senators got a first, second, and a third there. A uh, guy that I didn't even know was on the market who I really liked, Vincent Trocek, goes to the Hurricanes from the Panthers for some a uh, couple prospects, three prospects, and Eric Halla. Let's see. Like I said, Colorado acquired Michael Hutchinson, not the uh, NXS singer from no, uh, he's still dead. Toronto Maple Leafs. Correct, for Kelly Rosen. See, I should do a music reference. Look at me go. So, good, good for you. Uh, I know, and it's very few and far between. So, uh, Patrick Marlowe actually, you know, moves from Toronto to San Jose back to San Jose, and San Jose trades him to Pittsburgh. Uh, let's see. Uh, Edmondson loaded up with Andres, uh, I'm going this name, and Sensu, whatever. The really fast guy has a negative, has a minus 43, uh, plus minus right now. He's on the Detroit Red Wings. He goes over. Uh, see any the biggest trade I would say happened right near the end. Uh, as in Chicago decided to trade their backup goalie, which was funny that Robert Lanier said, "Hey, what's going on in St. Louis today?" Because obviously he's in St. Louis for the game today that's going to happen the next day. And two hours later, he's traded to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights for Malcolm Subban. Uh, and uh, for second round pick, basically. Uh, he also won yeah. the internet yesterday too. By the way, I don't know if you saw. And which one was it? So okay, the Vegas Golden Knights tweeted out that Leonard was going to wear number ninety, and immediately the account for the Carolina Hurricanes says, "Oh, is he doing it to pay tribute to?" Uh, uh, the Zamboni driver, Ayers. And Lena responds to both and goes, sure, why not? <laughs> Which is funny. So I guess I want to say the most trades were done by the Carolina Hurricanes who acquired Sammy Vatman, Brandon Skeegee, and Vincent Trocek. So they went all in, it seems like, to make a push for a playoff mm-hmm. this year, trading their first-round pick. Uh, trading some prospects for Vincent Trocek and, uh, not much for Sammy Vatnin, who's pretty, been injured pretty much for the last three to four weeks. Uh, and that's a, you know, there's a lot of trades in there, but that, those are the big ones that I'm going to go over. Like I said, the rumored one was that three going to get moved. He never did. Um, so a lot of trades. So we'll see, uh, what happens. I saw a couple of stats that people were bringing up, like trades done by Stanley Cup winners of the last 10 years. And I think only one team made a significant move that paid off. The rest were all deals that were just very minor deals or didn't deal at all. So I thought that's very interesting. A lot of teams just ride with what they have and uh, work out most of the time, it seems like. Let's see. So the last thing we're going to, which Chris just alluded to, is the game between the Toronto Maple Leafs and... Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes, both goalies. James Reimer started the game, gets hurt. Um, Peter Mrazek comes in, gets trucked by Kyle Clifford. Trucked. 
Me and you were at a yeah. trivia night while this is going on on Saturday, uh, the 22nd. We were just, and then I'm just kind of telling you, like, something's going on because all I see is this stuff that's up between Carolina and Toronto. And as we see, uh, basically a 42-year-old emergency goalie, that's the Zamboni driver. He's the basically goalie for, like, emergency goalie for the Toronto Marlies. Comes mm-hmm. in for Carolina. And mind you, a lot of this tribute to the Carolina Hurricanes as a team because they shut down the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto scored two quick goals in the second period to tie the game. And then Carolina pulled ahead four to three. And then the third period, he makes eight consecutive saves. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes scored two more goals to win it six to three. And for the first time in NHL history, an emergency backup goalie is officially credited an NHL win. So David Ayers uh, is now kind of like the internet darling, um, showing like he gets showered with beer from the uh, Carolina Hurricanes in the locker room afterwards. He was in Carolina tonight for the game, uh, rang the yep. little siren they do. Uh, he was made like he was a on Good Morning America. Carolina. He's on Good Morning America. He was on Late Night with Colbert. They had a little skit where Colbert acted like he couldn't finish the monologue. He was hurt, so David Ayers came out and, like, finished the monologue and stuff. So that was, it was yeah. funny. So His jersey's in the Hall of Fame now? Yeah, so it was uh, quite a week for him, to say the least. So. I, I just go back to the year that the Blues traded for Ryan Miller, and they were in Anaheim. And, you know, obviously uh, sent Halak packing to Buffalo. Um, so they had to sign a backup goalie, and they signed the locker room attendant to the Ducks for a, you know, basically a one-day contract. And it was uh, it was highly publicized that essentially the coach would have been said, you're going to sit on the end of this bench, and I don't care. If we give up 15 goals, you're not going into this game. Um, but, you know, emergencies happen. And I think it's a cool story. To me, it is on par with the NCAA tournament and the 16 seed being the number one seed. It just doesn't happen. It's happened once in the 100-plus year history of the NCAA basketball tournament. And, um you know, it, it was bound to happen at some point that that an emergency goalie would come in and uh, and be able to do this. You know, I, I don't think that anyone believes that this dude's going to get a real job in the NHL anytime tomorrow. But it's a great story, man. And it's if nothing else, it's a great story to raise awareness of the sport. Do you remember the name of the goalie that was uh, – you just talked about the Anaheim Ducks locker room attendant. Do you remember the name of the goalie? I don't. I just was able to pull it up very quickly. Uh, he wore number 60, and that is Jeff Tiny, T-Y-N-I. Yes. So I, I, I had it on the tip of my tongue. I couldn't do it. And I quickly uh, looked it up. So Jeff Tiny was the goalie. I remember the Blues also had another one where they had a deal with Carter Hutton was um, is at home, and they had Carter Hutton that had a lower body injury during the either right before warm-ups or right at, they had a practice late that day. 
so they'd have Tyler Stewart, who was a blue season ticket holder in the vending machine worker, be the that's right. Boy, right Billy, that's right. remember when Billy, remember Billy Huso was on his way up, and uh, yeah. Tyler Stewart was only on the bench for I think the first period, and then Huso got here with his stuff on, so he was able to fill yeah. in after that. But uh, you know, Blues had a couple, so the Blues have had a history kind of this emergency backup, and then and you know what that was 2014 was the Jeff Tiny, and then Tyler Stewart was two years ago, so. Uh, two or three years ago now. So interesting uh, situation, and I think it's just a great story. But like I said, for that guy, for NHL, um, there are some people poo-pooing it on Sportsnet earlier. Um, Chris First Teague was one of them. Brian, Brian Burke was like, you don't allow, like, you can't just, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs can't just go and or what are they saying? Oh, the Toronto Blue Jays, just, you know, they need a pitcher. They just don't go look for an accountant on something Boulevard. If they need an account, they need that. I'm like, no, because there's like 25 pitchers you can use. Right. Like, you know, it's, I, one look, man, where, yeah. it's one of those things where you can tease, like, you can't allow this to happen. It's like, what do you want the teams to do? Carry three goalies? Like, that's not going to happen. Because this situation no. literally never happens. Correct. Because they were saying, like, use that. a player and stuff like that. And I'm like, I think they had that option. I honestly believe, like, I tried to look it up because somebody said that today during the argument that they had that option, but I couldn't find any confirmation of that. But I think th- like a rule is you can one of your players can be designated a goalie and say, or you can use emergency backup because he's the emergency backup for both teams. He, so if Toronto needed emergency backup goalie, he could have been in there for Toronto. He wasn't yeah. just Carolina's backup. He was at the, was just in Toronto that day, and he was – the funny thing is he is a you know, Maple Leafs fan and I thought the funny comment was he said after the game was he was scored on by Jonathan Taves and Austin Matthews. And he said, oh, yeah, Taves scores. I mean, he always goes high blocker, and then he went five hole, and I, I was real surprised, you know. So I was kind of expecting to go blocker, and then he went five hole. So it just tells you how good these guys can adjust on the fly. You know, he said something like that. So the guy was like, you know, had a scouting report kind of ahead of time, which I thought was funny too. So, but I think it's a great story. So. It's a phenomenal story. Whatever you want to poo-poo and honor-raise fun like we did uh, with our thing. And our last thing we'll mention for our little wrestling tidbit, happy 71st birthday to the one and only Ric Flair today. Uh, oh, the so, uh so, so we'll have a big woo for uh, uh, Ric Flair there. So happy birthday to the nature boy Ric Flair, 71 years old today. I will tell woo, you right woo, now. The Woos made it into the Battle Dome on Sunday, too. Yeah, I, I did hear about that. So uh, I did think the other thing that was cool was the uh, St. Louis came in force for that for the Battle Hawks game, which is very cool. And a lot of players wore Blues jerseys into the game. Uh, yes. Walking to, like, the – you saw that was very cool. So uh, it just shows that, you know, you know, all the sports teams are together and all the owners are all, you know – all in it together to make just, you know, one big kind of, you know, sports family in St. Louis, which is great. And they were playing and, uh, Gloria during the uh, tailgate party, too. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I did see a couple of things. So they, I heard the, the uh, tailgaters got to work on their, uh, you know, flaming table spots. Yeah, you know, they're 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 trying to become the uh, Bills Mafia of the XFL. And I actually even saw a couple of custom-made satin jackets, which real classy for the 80s, that said uh, Battle Hawk Mafia 
And, uh, you know, they tried, but I, I don't think they've quite got the uh, flighty table trick down quite yet. So maybe they want to leave that to the professionals in Buffalo. I did see the video of the guy um, RKOing a Stan Kroenke uh, uh, pinata and then smashing yep. and then smashing two beers afterwards. So, uh, oh yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. It looked like a lot of fun down there. So, uh, so congratulations to the Battlehawks are two and one. So that's a lot of fun here. Blues are doing great. It looks like Cardinals Green Training is just starting up. I think on that Sunday, I think it was the trifecta. Of the, I think there was a spring training game at twelve. The Battlehawks played at four or five. Two. And then the Blues. Two. The blue, or two. Okay, excuse me, two. And then the Blues played at 6.30 that night. So yeah. it was kind of a day where you could have just, like, flipped from one channel to another and just watched sports stuff. St. Louis sports mm-hmm. all day, which is nice to see since the Blues. And so obviously we've not had any kind of St. Louis football here for a handful of years now. So really great uh, time of year for sports fans. So. We'll wrap up there with uh, all our rest of our sports talk there. If you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at at Blues Hockey NHL. And Chris is at at Hossapalooza. And remember to look for us on Facebook and Instagram. It's Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, stay tuned uh, soon. We're going to, with the playoffs coming up. Hopefully the Blues are in. We're going to have some giveaways coming up. Uh, I got something for when Tarasenko comes back. We're going to do a giveaway. We're going to have a few. Keep an eye on the socials. It's going to be on different socials every time, so make sure you follow us on all three of those. Also, you want to check out our website. It's blueshockeypodcast.net and .com. Uh, make sure you also check out Arch City Media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. Mostly the posts are on Facebook, though, so check that out for sure. And also, finally, find the podcast on Apple Podcast. Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast, Pocketcast, all the cast. Name a cast. Indeed. We're on it. And we're Wherever on Wherever you uh, get your podcast, we're probably there. Yeah, more than likely. I try to name them all, but that covers most of it. So, And also Anchor is where you can find it as well. So thank you once again for listening. I know this is a little longer than we normally go, but we had a crap ton of news and scores and everything to go of go over so uh chris is uh going on assignment next week so uh we'll I'll be in Las in Vegas. yeah and you gonna hit a game by chance or are you gonna have time i am i'm uh i'm going friday night i'm going to the buffalo sabers and golden knights game uh i'm in vegas through the weekend for a work convention and one of my very good friends from buffalo who is a sabers fan uh, is going to be in town for the same convention. So Friday night, we're going to play a little bit of hooky, and we're not going to go to the concert for the convention that night. And instead, we're going to go check out the uh, Sabres and the uh, and the Golden Knights. And since I'm going with them, I will be wearing my Jack Eichel white and gold uh, 50th anniversary Buffalo Sabres jersey. Nice. So this should be a good time. So, uh like I said, next week, Chris on assignment. A little long in this time, so thanks for the good thing. And I will talk to you uh, next week. Yeah.